Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. So, first up, let's have a look at the business stories that are exercising the country and indeed the world. Delighted to be joined uh, this morning by Linda Daly, as uh, she's a business journalist with the Sunday Times, and Ronan Reid is uh, from Cantor Fitzgerald. You're both very welcome to the programme. Um, Ronan, I might start with you. Horrifying scenes and just awful death and destruction coming out of Gaza. Gaza. Uh, the Irish Daily Mail today tells us uh, the headline being the scrambled to get out of Gaza. Uh, just so much uh, sadness and destruction here. I mean, it's horrific. I mean, I think anybody on, on both sides, like the level of death and destruction, the absolute horror of last week, and then following on that, we're seeing clearly other civilian deaths that flow through in it, and now the instruction to leave Gaza uh, for a lot of the immigrants, and, and no other country saying taking they're going to be taking refugees. There's yeah. a general silence in the area of anybody taking refugees. It's horrific, absolutely horrific. Yeah. Um, Linda, you know, this happened with the war in Ukraine as well. It, the crisis finds its way into the markets, and it, that's just... It seems crass almost to talk about it, but that's the world we live in, that everything is connected uh, to pounds, shillings and pence and the markets trundle on regardless. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Um, But there's an article um, that Bloomberg has written just looking at... um, kind of how the markets in the area have been affected. Um, the cost to insure Israeli bonds um, against potential default has spiked, um, but there have been gains um, for the Saudi Real. Um, it's had its top gains, biggest weekly gains since December 2022. So you can kind of see how the markets are affected by yeah. this horrible war. What's also interesting, Ronan, is that if we look at, um, you know, the the... Uh, countries in the in the in the general proximity, we've got Egypt, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Lebanon, all being analysed in terms of yeah, and and all. I mean, there's anybody who remembers the Irish financial crisis remembers things called credit default swaps. It's how you insure your debt, and ours spiked up, and all of theirs are spiking up in terms of the cost of the debt. Oil is also heading back to $100. I mean, it's well into the 90s now yeah. because I've seen both uh, Saudi Arabia's cutback production, obviously Russia has as well. And all of this, from a market perspective, arrives at a time of much higher interest rates and a lot of real debt concerns and refinancing of corporate debt in America. So it's all hitting at, at, at one particular time. The, the, the raising of the local debt and the fear on it is people looking to hedge risks and other aspects to it. The regions generally also rely quite heavily on tourism, like when you think of certain countries like Jordan and otherwise, yeah. that would be really impaired in terms of the, the, the economic. Egypt was already in trouble. I mean, its debt was being restructured in part. So uh, not in trouble, but it, it was doing various debt deals at the time. So continues, well, yeah, yeah, very well. And two things that, that, are, that are really striking is that firstly, I suppose the speed at which the, you know, the economic fallout happens and the areas that it covers. I, I think that's the thing that has changed over 20 years is the speed of markets. Like when you looked in the US when interest rates first went up in Silicon Valley Bank, it was people's capacity and, and subsequent other bank areas to move deposits at the, the keystroke of a, of a phone 
whereas before it used to be queue in a bank and do it. Technology and information availability is so instantaneous now that markets move quicker and quicker. I mean, very sadly, in the early 2000s and onwards, we had a lot of political turmoil, a lot of events every time the reaction time was shorter, 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 yeah. and it remains remains the case. And people became more sophisticated with data as to how you hedge things and all the other things. So yeah. then you see the debt instantaneously moving up. No, oh, amazing, uh, Linda. One of the big business stories uh, in all the papers today uh, is the story of the Irish medtech firm Health Beacon. Um, <clears throat> not looking too good, I'd have to say. Um, uh, the share price is down. Uh, 55% uh, down to 8 cents from a high of 6 euros. Uh, It's a company that's rapidly running out of money, uh, lost its CEO there last month, um, and uh, the future not looking good here. Yeah, um, Jim Joyce's uh, health beacon, it, it, it really really isn't. And I think actually the share price has fallen since these figures were published, would you believe, again. Um Look, it said at the start of the month that it only had 500,000 in cash and that it was burning through its cash. So um, I, I don't know how it went through 500,000 already, but uh, maybe it's paying for advisors or, or something. Um, but um, yeah, look, it's not looking good. The investors aren't happy. Um, they were assured that maybe it, it could it could continue <laughs> on. Um, you'd, you'd have to imagine that somebody will come in now and just buy it and get it at a, at a basement price, really. Uh, yeah, probably somebody lends the money. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they're, looking and has, for, they're looking for 11 million uh, that, that, over the next 18 to 24 months. That's to fund it. I mean, very often what you see, I mean, the share price is suspended. I'd say it's probably suspended so they can have discussions with, 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 with people. I mean, I think part of the article that surprised me was saying since the announcement on October 5th, they realised finances were shortcoming. I don't know how you suddenly realise on the October 5th that you don't have money. Yeah. And how your sales... I presume you don't want to tell people. Yeah, well, how your sales... Like, you know, clearly uh, the issue that seems to have hit it or or that they're saying is the contracts took a lot longer. There's a lot more red tape in terms of the ordering of the machines which deliver drugs at home and that instead of 17 million, it was going to be 3 million. But you have to have known that your sales pipeline had to be not delivering over the period. So I think I think that's where investors will probably be unhappy. I think experience would always say to you that that somebody will come in who's in the medical device area give them enough money to get through the crisis maybe if it's if it's viable and then look at it i i I think there also has to be a question sometimes about raising money or floating companies that are either pre-revenue or pre pre-profitability you can live with if it's a clear really clear track but pre-revenue or very early stage well i have to say on a personal level i always struggled with both both pre-revenue and pre-profit yeah. like to, to me a company that's making even small money but, but this is medical device it's yeah. not life science if it's a life science and you're developing a drug that's fine because there's a ready market that buys yeah that buys and the, that's the norm for the property sector. and that's norm yeah i think where it's device based it needs to be it needs to be further on in terms of it but and it's an unfortunate time when the exchange has lost quite a number of other other players within it as well. Yeah, okay. Um, we'll, we'll try and keep positive here, but our <laughs> next story is maybe not that positive either, Linda. Sorry about that, but the data from the central bank uh, breach used by lenders in loan decisions, quite embarrassing, I'd have to say, uh, for the central bank here. 
uh, as analysed by Cantillon in today's Irish Times. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, it, th- he points out that, um, you know, the central bank, who has happily doled out more than 400 million of fines um, to the financial institutions now, could f- face its own uh, fines, you know. Um, so th- this this data um, had been provided, had been available for lenders and even, even the people who the data was based on, they could see... Um, their, what they what they were kind of their information, so um, the lenders could look and and decide, make decisions, and they did apparently make decisions based on this data that shouldn't have been available to them. Yeah, they're saying that there was forty one cases affected here. It's funny when these kind of things happen, uh, Ronan. You know, if you're if you're somebody who gives out fines, it's never a great place to be. Isn't it? <laughs> this, There's this, lots of people waiting one, for you. This is a tough one to answer, Bobby. Give that I'm regulated by the central bank, <laughs> but it. Uh, I'm su- I'm sure it is. They didn't delete the data, and and as a result of which people were done. And I think it's really important that delay, de- data like that is deleted because I think the one thing we learned through a financial crisis, everyone deserves a second chance. Yeah, like you know, data should be deleted. It should be moved on. And this seemed to impact it. But uh, yes, because they were very aligned originally, the data commissioner of the central bank in terms of protection of client data. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it evolves. Nobody's immune from it. I mean, you've, your bank, the, the, a, a lot of the thing we'll talk about in the fraudsters, nobody's immune from, from like, you know, technology, loss of client data, scams, everybody gets yeah, caught. And, and, and well, while you're there, let's move on to that because we saw that almost 20 million was lost to scams and fraud, fraudsters uh, are now posing as bank officials. 20 million in a very short period. You, you're right. The sophistication that happens here I, is I quite eye-watering. Think, I think it also happened once to the central bank as well on an invoice <laughs> fraud. I could be wrong, but four or five years ago on, on an invoice. But it is, and, and we've seen in, 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 in our own business in Cantor, we've seen two of our websites absolutely copied, delivered, and then you have to raise it, you have to warn. The danger is when you warn everybody, everybody goes and looks at the website. Yeah. And then you end up with this problem that more people have seen it and done it. And and so what you normally do is you tell the central bank and that they will issue a warning on it. But they are getting so sophisticated. And then the the email and the phone hacks are so sophisticated and believable to very often what are vulnerable people and, yeah. and, and quite quite experienced people that do it. One of the things that, again, in this article by Ken Foy, uh, he points out that the average age of the victims in the cases that he analyzes here is between 50 and 55, which, I again, was... And also... That, that means I'm w- safe. What? That means yeah. I'm safe. <laughs> I've missed that boat as well, thank God. Uh, but you never miss the boat. But also, and I think this is, this is obvious, but he's, he points it out here, that people who've been scammed just do not want to talk about it to anybody. Yeah, and I, and uh, I, it, it, the fifty fifty five initially surprised me. Then I thought about it. They are very often the kind of the time poorest people, so they do something quickly. Yeah, like I remember getting caught on one of the unpost ones, and I had to cancel my card. And it was only when I I didn't put any detail in, but I went to in, and I went, oh, I need to count whatever it is. I yeah. need to look at it. But they had got so sophisticated yeah. over time. It can it can happen to anybody. I think it's what you do when it does happen. They keep warning people about it, but it does happen. What you do afterwards, cancel things, remove it, change the password. I got a really simple tip from my son, which was put a screen uh, passcode on your phone, screen time passcode, 
and don't set a backup to it. And then if somebody gets your phone, they can't change any details. Yeah. It's really simple. I sometimes forget it, but it was really simple. There you go. You learned it here, folks. Uh, what did you make of this story, Linda? Um, what surprised me most was that the Gardaí have recovered two million. Um, I know a couple of people who this has happened to who've been scammed who called the Gardaí and they, they, had, they were given no help at all. Um, one friend of mine, her, her, her partner, um, like that, a believable website, invested 9,000, um, lost 8,000. They gave 1,000 back to try and convince them yeah. that it was legitimate and then the rest of it was Yeah, but well, as Roland says, it's very sophisticated and they move with the technology, they move with the trends and, you know, they're ahead of it. I, I, I was saying earlier, the most important, one of the most important nursery stories we learned was the Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah. But it appears to be too good. It invariably is. Yeah. Uh, which moves us nicely, Ronan, on to Bankman Freed, uh, the, uh, his co-chief, saying the FTX collapse brought relief. And this often happens with people in these that, that it's such a stressful place uh, where they've been here that just the end is a relief. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's when they put the hands up and go, the stress. I think anybody that read his partner's testimony during the court cases during the week could see the level of stress and strain across both companies trying to keep it going at various stages. But it's fraud. Like, yeah. you know, he may feel relieved, but he may go to jail for the rest of his life, like, you know, if found guilty. Because he it's probably fraud. Will. Yeah, yeah, it's fraud at a, at, 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 at a significant level. And it, it, it brings always that back into that whole expectation when you're. When it's, Crypto isn't fraud in any sense, but but it's based on a very challenging premise of where it sustains over a period of time. Um, I'm moving on to a completely different subject now. Inside the ever-expanding property empire ruled by Conor McGregor, there's a very interesting analysis of his business portfolio uh, by Amy Malloy in today's Irish Independent, Linda. Did you know McGregor was... Had his hands in so many pies, um, corporate well, pies across Dublin, etc. I've been keeping an eye on, on them all, right? Um, yeah, I've, I I didn't know that he had bought the Marlfield Mall in Talla, and that's that's a, a, a breaking story. Um, it's actually sorry, it's not the Marlfield Mall; it's the Arcadia Pub. Um, it's within the Marlfield Mall, but yeah, he's he has development sites in Drimna. Um, he apparently bought the brewery from Porterhouse. Um, he's been uh, delivering his uh, forged stout. Um, claiming that it's going to, you know, put it up against Guinness. I'm not sure about that, but um, yeah, he he's been expanding and apparently then is looking to has had an offer um, accepted on a pub in Temple Bar. So, um, but what this actually shows is, I mean, I think maybe the brains behind the whole operation is his finance manager Alan Garrity. Um, he seems to, you know, he's, well, he's smart enough he, to employ him. So I'd say I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah so. it is. I mean, he made an awful lot of money from Number Twelve Whiskey. Yeah, I remember. I remember he tried to start to call it the Notorious, and I think O'Hara's Brewery already had the name at the time. But but yeah, six hundred million deal, and he's reportedly got one hundred and twenty three million out of that. Yeah, it's, uh, the it's, proper twelve. Yeah, it's the family. I think that back one of the tequila brands, but that that bought it and Jove Caveras. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they the that trend of older brands in whiskies and other areas now being replaced by by profile high celebrity ones and he's clearly done that and looking again I don't think he'll quite get the shelf space from Guinness anytime soon um, but there is a huge market for those types of 
for 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 the craft beers and the whole craft beer yeah. area. It's very interesting very yeah. portfolio with property, pubs, etc. And then it's a big night. We're going to be talking to Marcus Horan uh, very shortly to get to get into the minute of the rugby. Uh, but both the editorials, uh, both in the Times and the Independent, uh, have comment. Uh, it, it took us 111 years to beat the New, Ze- New Zealanders and there's a lot happening and a lot at stake here. I'm nervous. Okay, yes, and I'm going to feel like a fraud sitting with the two of you talking about rugby, I tell you. But I'll give it a go. Um, no, it is. I've, I've, I've watched a few of the matches. Um, do you even say matches, games, is it? Um, yeah, um, it's, it's very stressful. It has been. I, I, um, a lot at stake. I don't know. I'm going to ask the question back to you, Bob. You can they beat New Zealand? Then? I think, think they can, Ronan. I don't yeah. know. Like, I think they can. I, 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 the bookies invariably have it right, and they have it like plus two, minus two in points, which means it's so tight it's difficult to call. I did see when I saw time to break the curse. I was going, is that Mayo? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the World Cup's only going for 36 years. It's like uh, the Mayo thing is like, the, when you think about how long that is, it's, I think it's a bit early to be calling it a curse oh, yeah, about think, getting yeah. out of the quarterfinals. I, I think like, you know, it's hardly Babe Ruth, like, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, any, and any other aspect of, of what, curse. Was yeah. there any uh, of the 33 things you didn't know about Irish World Cup heroes uh, any of them that, that stood out for you James Ryan I yeah. have no idea his father was or his grandfather founder 1916 founder uh, and and founder of Fianna Fáil I had no idea and I think it was Tyg Byrne his mother was the Rose of Tralee I definitely didn't know that yeah in 1983 and yeah. what I did like was on Tyg Furlong Daniel Davy, the nutritionist with Leinster, once told him that he had an addiction to eating potatoes. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I think the other thing that surprised me was things you didn't know. There wasn't a full page in Mac Hansen because I think there must be so many things. I thought the best comment was, what would he do if we won? And he said he wants to drink a pint in every pub in Ireland. Uh, okay, finally to you, Linda. Uh, uh, page 54, the mail up in smoke. Um, quite an interesting story from a Ryanair passenger. Tell yes. us more. So a Ryanair passenger was caught smoking, um, which surprisingly can come with a €20,000 fine. And um, the rest, yeah. He made an interesting argument. He said, if it's illegal to smoke on planes, then why do they have ashtrays in the toilets? So apparently they have to have ashtrays in the toilets for legal reasons because if somebody like him is smoking on the plane he needs to have somewhere to put it out to save from a fire so there you go the law's an ass Ronan (laughs) (laughs) I think that's right (laughs) you heard it here folks big thanks to my guests uh, Ronan Reid Linda from the Sunday Times thank you both uh, for joining us for a great review of the papers Down to Business with Bobby Kerr brought to you by Bank of Ireland Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk